You're listening to To Dine for the Podcast, the Shot Put Media production, presented by MasterCard. Start something priceless. What's better in life than a bottle of wine, great food, and an amazing conversation? My name is Kate Sullivan, and I am the host of To Dine For. I'm a journalist, a foodie, a traveler with an appetite for the stories of people who are hungry for more. Dreamers, visionaries, artists, those who hustle hard in the direction they love. I travel with them to their favorite restaurant to hear how they did it. This show is a toast to them and their American dream. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Terlato Wine Group, Lavazza, and American National Insurance. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Riazul Tequila. Cheers, everyone. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by Lavazza. Four generations of the Lavazza family have been working to perfect the art of blending coffee since 1895 with a devotion to making coffee moments special. Signature blend Lavazza Classico with its intensely rich flavor and sweet aromatic notes is a celebration of the Italian way of life in every cup and is available any way you brew your coffee. To Dine For the Podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. For 115 years, American National has remained committed to helping people and communities make a real difference in their lives. American National supports great local community organizations led by the kind of people you hear about on To Dine For, people who are inspired to make a difference and inspire others in return. American National's philosophy is helping where it's needed helps us all. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write, and the states in which they're licensed, visit americannational.com dine. Welcome to To Dine for the Podcast, where we meet the world's most creative and innovative people at their favorite restaurant. On today's episode is Rupak Jin. You need to have the confidence to share yourself and then being willing to listen and imbibe what other people have to share. Rupak Jin is the host and co-creator of Spice Road, a food and travel show launching on PBS Digital in summer 2023. The son of immigrants from India, Jin is a Los Angeles-based, New York-raised actor-writer who has appeared in seven seasons of USA's Royal Pains, Universal's The High Note, and The Stone Witch Off-Broadway. He holds a degree in English literature from Harvard University and an MBA from Columbia. Please enjoy my conversation with Rupak Jin. Rupak, how are you? Hi, Kate. I'm good. Let me just change this name for my sons. Oh, that's what I was wondering. That's August hilarious. is your son's name. That's my son's name. Yeah. So yeah, that's yeah. my son's name. He is what? E- Edward August Tillman. He's Teddy, but his middle name is August. That's amazing. Yes. August is a great name. How'd you choose it? Um, because I dreamed of having a girl. 
And I I had three boys. And my girl was going to be August. The gr- I picked oh. August for the girl name and my third boy. I said, I can't do this anymore. And I it became a middle name. But why did you choose August? You know, August, August and August is a great girl's name. I hadn't even thought about that. That was such a cool girl's name. Um, we chose August because Nancy was due in August. <laughs> and of course... <laughs> Of course, our son came three weeks early in July, but we had, we had become so married to the name yes. that uh, that we just went with it. it was like, all right, we and we were, you know, we were so tired, but no, we were, we just loved the name so much. So we're like, all right, it's got to be August. Yes, it also. So I'm from Boston area, and August is my favorite month. And I always say, because I love summer, but I like fall even more. Yeah. So I always say August is the end of something wonderful and the beginning of something better. Oh, that's great. Yeah. I love that. And yes. I love fall in New England and in, in Boston specifically. It's yes. it's just the best time. It is. It's you have a clarity of thought. It's crisp. It's wonderful. It's a great feel. Yeah. So that is so August is definitely like, you know, it's it is a it is a great name, great sounding name, but it's also just like I feel like I'm kind of in the August of my life because <laughs> <laughs> I'm in my mid forties, right? I, I, summer is kind of over for me, you know. Like, okay, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. you know, the green is is not quite so green anymore. But I'm not in the winter of my life, right? So I'm kind no, of right. No, I'm right nearly. in the August of my life. It's a good place to be because, like you said, it's calm. You know, it's like the summer and the spring. It's too much expansion and excitement. Yes. Whereas the contraction that begins in fall, it's not fully contracted, which is winter, but it's it's beginning to calm down. Literally, the temperature's calm. So like yes. people are calmer. I enjoy that. Yes, I do too. <laughs> I do too. Well, first of all, thank you so much for taking this time to talk to me on To Dine For. I'm really excited to hear all about Spice Road. Wow. But before I do that, I'm going to ask you if you could take me to your favorite restaurant, what you live in Los Angeles, so it could be in Los Angeles. You've kind of traveled a lot for this show, so it could be somewhere else. You were from New York. You lived in Boston. So this is a real question mark. Where would you take me? It's a great question. And I've listened to your podcast, so I was preparing for this question. And I really <laughs> had to think about it because it's such a good question. And it's, that answer would change over the years. But right now at this point in my life, I think I'm I'm also approaching the the August of my <laughs> life. It's it's my neighborhood Indian restaurant come grocery store Panu. Panu. Panu, yeah. I live in Pasadena, California, and um it's just got everything that I need, you know. It's appropriate for all seasons too. Like if there's, you know, if there's a funeral and I need food, Mm. Panu's there. If there's a, a joyous celebration, Panu's there. If I need mm. to go stop by for groceries, dal, ghee, uh, rice, uh, flour, Panu's there. And and the food is delicious also. Like the, I was I just took my parents there because they were visiting and, and they made paneer, which is um mm-hmm. cheese effectively. Mm-hmm. And it was freshly made. And my dad, who's from the old country, he mm. uh he ate it and he said, this paneer must be freshly made. And yes. we asked them afterwards. And because a lot of people, they, they, they cook pre-bought paneer, but not banu. So that's now hands down 
my answer. Wow. It's got everything you need. It's in your backyard. And it's a taste of your home, your culture, where you're yeah. from, your family. Yeah. That's really, really great. You are an actor, first and foremost, right? You're yeah. a writer and an actor. And you've had some really big roles. And in this new journey that you're on with Spice Road, in a way is a departure and in a way is not. So let's begin at the beginning. Where did the idea for Spice Road, which is a food and travel show come from? Okay, I, I love food travel shows and I grew up obsessed with the original Anthony Bourdain, no yes. reservations. Oh, me too. The original, it was like- Wasn't it great? So great. I mean, it was so simply produced and you could feel like you're on this trekky journey with him. And it had this rugged feel to it. Also, Lonely Planet. Yes. And what they were doing, again, this kind of rugged feel, like on the road. And so I had always dreamed about doing this. I didn't know how it was going to happen. Sometimes in life, you know the what, but you don't know the how. Yes. But if that desire is so strong, at least I've been fortunate enough that, that, that this desire has manifested. <laughs> okay, I got to stop you, Rupak. Yeah. I picked up an old notebook to take notes during your interview. The first sentence says, don't obsess over how. Obsess over what? What? Oh my gosh. What? I'm Wait a minute. I'm not kidding. I'm not kidding. So I had literally just read that before we got on the Zoom today. So obviously I think that is I the think vibe. We're in sync. No, no, we no. Are. This is what we I'm are. talking about. We are. We're in sync. Um, yep. No, I felt at the, the first moment that my wife, Nancy, introduced us. Oh, she's awesome. Like, I'm very, I, by the way, thank you so much for having me. This is, this is oh, so fun. This is fun. Uh, <laughs> but, but it's that's that the thing. Like, and I think, you know, anybody listening, it's like, you just, it's desire matters first. And my, my dad, uh, my grandparents, it was always like, they would advise us, have a dream, have a dream. That's what I tell my kids, just have a dream. You don't know how it's going to happen. Yes. The, the, that's the that's the minutia, but but have a dream. And, and so this was a dream of mine for years. Mm. And then my dear brother in art, Sammy Khan, amazingly talented, Oscar nominated filmmaker. He had this dream as well. <laughs> so that's funny when, you, you know, you, <laughs> you were, both had the you, same dream. Well, well yeah, I mean, yeah. You, you when you have a dream and you walk the path of that dream, you sort of find yourself aligning with fellow travelers mm -hmm. who who your purposes are, are, are aligned and um, and Sammy certainly through my life has been one of those people. And then PBS, we love, we love PBS. We love right, PBS, <laughs> yes, we both love PBS. We love us of PBS. I mean, I, you know, I, well, I'm an East Coaster. I'm from New York like, like you. So, mm -hmm. um, well, you're from uh, Boston, but we're East right. Coasters. I feel yes. that affinity. And so I think PBS, I know for me certainly growing up was huge. So they, they reached out to us and, and uh, we told them about this idea and they loved it. And uh, we wanted, Sammy and I wanted to this specifically, this idea of Spice Road was about sharing our culture, you mm -hmm. know, and, and for me, like when I was a kid, I was a little bit shy about it. Mm -hmm. But now it's about like, no, man, it's all about the celebration, the joy, sharing that. Mm -hmm. And for my kids, like to grow up feeling that sense of pride and joy in their culture and their heritage. It's food, obviously, but it's so much more than that because food is one limb of, of culture, but an important one. And PBS loved it. They ordered a pilot. Uh, we shot the pilot. We did it during the pandemic, which is an interesting challenge, but we got it done and, and we're I'm so proud of it. It turned out great. And it turned out so great that PBS said, well, let's green light a whole season. So wow. we shot another three episodes and we got four episodes coming out June 22nd. June 22nd. Okay. So first of all, congratulations. That is no easy feat to pitch and get the green light. That is, I mean, it is really huge. It's a testament to you and also a testament to Sammy Khan, 
and that you, you as a duo, because people pitch travel show ideas all the time. It is a dream of many. And so, <laughs> right, it's not a singular dream. It's a dream of many. So for you to be able to just get it out into the world is such a huge feat. What do you want to say with Spice Road and what do you hope people take away from it? I want people to know that South Asia is not a monolith. And it's interesting, you know, Kate Sullivan, I presume based on your last name that you have Irish heritage. I do indeed. <laughs> I do indeed. Your presumption is correct. So so I, I grew up in New York feeling, you know, part Irish, part mm-hmm. part Jewish, part Puerto Rican, part Dominican. You know, it's, it's got that that melange of a wonderful melange of cultures. And and I even went to Ellis Island, which, you know, a lot of East Coasters, we know that's where a lot of these immigration, there was a big immigration point mm-hmm. around the turn of the, the 20th century, uh, yeah, 20th century, mm-hmm. early 1900s. But I never saw, when I went there, I never, I recall never seeing Indian or South Asian names. I was looking mm-hmm. for nine, like all my classmates mm-hmm. found their, you know, their ancestors, but right. I never found mine. And the reason is because South Asians are a more recent phenomenon in in America. And so the knowledge around our culture and our communities, they're certainly there, but it's not there to the extent that Sammy and I are hoping. And so we're yeah. just, we, we want to share. So the point of this show is, is to share our culture and to increase this knowledge around South Asia. And South Asia, you know, for anyone listening, it's, it's, it's very much in Asia, but it's, it's, a, it's a number of countries. There's Pakistan, Bangladesh, India, of course, uh, where my parents are from, Bhutan, Nepal, Sri Lanka, the Maldives, Afghanistan. So it's, it's a, all of these countries have their own distinct culture. And within each country, there are regionalisms that we mm. get into in Spice Road. And each region has its own specific cuisine. And that's the thing about America, too. Much of what people eat here, and, and that's called Indian cuisine, certainly is, but it's often dominated by one region. Usually North Indian cuisine is, is the most popular. So we're trying to sort of open up the aperture here and, and get folks to really appreciate more of the depth and breadth of what South Asian cuisine and culture is. I love that, the nuance. You know, we think of, you know, from a very generic cliche way, you know, many Americans only know chicken masala and they know butter chicken. And butter chicken, not, that's it. Yeah, and they know non bread. And, and, and you can get that frozen packaged in any grocery store in Kansas, right? That's right. But that's if right. It, is that really understanding Indian food? Oh my God, no. And so I love what you're doing with this. Let me ask you this, since I've heard that you are the chef at home and you're the one who cooks. So let's talk a little bit about the food, your favorite foods. A, let's begin at the beginning. What do you like to cook at home that reminds you of home? Oh, so this is interesting because I became vegetarian about four or five years ago. But up until then, I was eating meat like almost every, <laughs> meat and fish almost every meal because that was my culture. My, my dad's from a part of India called Bengal and my mom's from a part of India called Maharashtra. And the Bengali cuisine is very fish heavy, like it's okay. coastal. Uh-huh. So, and I, my kids, although my daughter recently announced she's vegetarian, my son still very much eats meat and fish and my wife eats meat and fish. So I do cook a fish curry for them that I grew up loving. Mm. And it's what's unique about it is that it's based in mustard oil. So Ooh. you take mustard oil, you get it really hot and it's really simple. Mustard oil, get really hot, put in onion seeds, uh, we call it kalonji, but uh, I guess nigella is another word for it, mm-hmm. or onion seed. Uh, they're little black seeds. Fry them up. That's called a tarka. So this is another thing about Indian cuisine. You, you fry your spices in the oil directly. I know in, in a lot of Western cuisine that, that happens to you. Like you fry garlic, but you fry these spices up. 
Then you put the fish, which has been coated in salt and turmeric on top in, into the, and you sort of lightly fry the fish, add cilantro and tomatoes mm. uh, as well. But it's, it's really simple. It's not hard to make, but it's that mustard oil that makes it so unique. So that's one dish. And then the other that I, I also make for myself that's sort of comfort food is kichri, which is boiled rice and lentils. You put vegetables in there. Again, you do a tarka or a oil preparation of spices, turmeric, cardamom, cumin, mm. some, maybe also, again, you might put some onion seeds, but you can do it a million different ways. But it's just comfort. In India, kichri is comfort food mm. because it's really easy on the system. So if you ever have a tummy ache, they'll, people always say, oh, eat kichri. Eat mm. kichri and curd, uh, yogurt. So those, those, are, uh, those are two of, I guess there's so many I could think of, but those, those are two that come to mind. We'll have more on this conversation in just a minute. But first, thank you to our sponsors. Tired of ads barging into your favorite news podcasts? Good news. Ad-free listening is available on Amazon Music for all the music plus top podcasts included with your Prime membership. Stay up to date on everything newsworthy by downloading the Amazon Music app for free or go to amazon.com slash news ad free. That's amazon.com slash news ad free to catch up on the latest episodes without the ads. To Dine For the podcast is brought to you by American National, offering a broad suite of insurance solutions to protect what matters most to you. There's a funny thing about most insurance commercials, whether they feature lizards or birds or funny cartoon characters. It seems like they want you to think about anything but insurance. American National, on the other hand, has real local agents who get to know you so they can help you reach better decisions about your insurance to make sure you're protecting what matters most to you. American National agents are part of your community. They're your neighbors. So whether it's solutions for your home, your small business, your farm, or your life, you can count on your local American National agent to make sure you get the discounts you deserve and the protection you need without paying for extras you don't. With American National, you get an ally, not just a web page. For a description of the American National companies, the products they write in the states in which they're licensed, visit AmericanNational.com slash dine. To Dine for the Podcast is brought to you by Riazul Tequila, referred to as one of the best sipping tequilas on the market. It comes from the highlands of Jalisco, 7,200 feet above sea level. Riazul's agave has a higher sugar content, lending itself to a sweeter taste profile. If you are looking for a true sipping tequila with extraordinary depth after being aged two years in a cognac barrel, you'll have to try Riazul Tequila. Cheers, everyone. Now back to our conversation. I recently ate at a place called Sema in the West Village of New York, uh, which is South Indian food. Rani Mazumdar has this company called Unapologetic Foods, and he's got restaurants around New York that are all different aspects of South India, some of Indian cuisine, but this one is specific to South India. And I, for, the food was incredible, but I have never sweat so much in my <laughs> life. Let me tell you, Rupak. So for, first of all, I do hot yoga like at least three times a week. So I know about sweating. And after this meal, I was sweating from my wrists. Did you know your wrists could sweat? I I'm did like, not. Oh, either did I. Are you someone who incorporates a lot of spice and heat, oh, heat. into your... Yes. Heat is so key. I mean, heat. Yeah, and, and South Indian food in particular. I mean, the I'm, I'm going to guess it's the rasam that probably made you sweat. <laughs> that was it. And that's another one. And, you know, my South Indian friends will, will say that 
their parents growing up told, had them eat, drink rasam when you're sick, right? When you, mm. when you have a cold, rasam is the thing you want. So maybe, I don't know if you want to sweat in the middle of summer in New York <laughs> City, but certainly there's a, there's a season for that. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I grew, up with, my, I grew up watching my parents eat raw chilies. Like wow. the little ones, not the yeah. big jalapenos. They're not that, but the little ones. And then yeah. I do that now. I mean, yes. I love it. Yes. Do you like so? You, do you like spice? Is that a thing? You for know you what? I, I liked a little heat, but I didn't. I didn't even know that was a that heat was a possibility. Like yes. that, that put me at that was like a volume eleven, right? So I, I yes. it was a new experience for me. And I, as you know, I love food and I love trying new things. So I was absolutely enchanted with trying a different part of the world's cuisine. I had yeah. a great experience, but I was really looking for. Was it Elanier? It was the uh, coconut dessert that oh. came at the very end. It was like this salve on my on a scalding hand. It was the most amazing dessert after <laughs> that meal. I just wasn't yes. used to it. You know, ba- ba- you need the balance. That's the thing. So then you'll have yogurt or you'll have raita or this, yes. this dessert you're mentioning. You'll have, you have to balance these things out. Um, that's part of the fun of the Indian cuisine is you, you'll put your tongue on fire and then you'll douse it with something. I, I enjoy yes. that experience. Yes. Okay, so let's talk a little bit about your travels on the show because you 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 kind of hit a couple of spots. What was it like being on the road and interviewing some of these folks and hearing their unique American story, right? Because yeah. they're they're here, right? You did not go to India to do this. This was a journey yeah. through the U.S. It's about the American dream. That's that's really what we're following, and it's there are two lenses on it, right? Because I meet the immigrant restaurant owners mm-hmm. and owner slash chef often. But then I also bring a celebrity South Asian guest on usually in each episode, one, maybe one episode I, I feature. So it's also th- through the lens of my own personal journey. So one episode has me going to Roanoke, Southern Virginia, where I met my wife and my wife Nancy's a guest on that one. But in, in the first episode, for example, I go to Daba, which is a word for a no frills roadside eatery. It's a Punjabi Dhaba in Bakersfield, amazing place. New York Times reviewed, actually. It's kind of kind of how it got on our radar. And that experience of meeting the owner, Balwinder, was so awe-inspiring for me. What I was hoping for to find on this journey was inspiration. That these immigrant stories, because my parents are immigrants, I was looking for for that sense that, hey, here are people who have faced these behemoth level challenges to come across the ocean, follow this very, you know, starting a restaurant is a really hard business. But then on top of that, there are all sorts of barriers, cultural language, like, again, financial, and they're still making it. To me, that's everything. I mean, that's the hero's journey, you know, as an an actor, writer, I I love the the architecture of the hero's journey in in storytelling. and, And it's a real life hero's journey. Yeah. Any entrepreneur, uh, but any re- one level deeper, any restaurant owner oh. who has brought something to life and makes it happen year after year is a hero in my book. Yes. And that and that is everywhere in this country. Anyone who has a mom and pop store and, you know, has created a, a following, created a community, de- serves up delicious food and cares yes. is a hero. But then you take it another step further and imagine coming from another land, not speaking the language, all of the biases and prejudices they're facing, all of the homesick and the emotion of leaving their country and trying to adapt to a new world. Talk about a hero on steroids, you know, like that is just unbelievable. What did you learn doing this show on the concept of assimilation, 
mm. versus this, the concept of owning who you are. Because, <laughs> oh, yeah. Because at the end of the day, I feel like it's only, we are so privileged. Like it's only now in 2023 that you're really starting to hear people talk about owning who they are versus assimilation. Isn't that true? Is it that? It's so true. And and by the way, I think that concept applies to anyone regardless of, of race or I ethnicity. Yes. You know, I it, like, but certainly, yeah, in the context of me, that's a huge theme. I'm, I'm so glad you asked that question. That's a huge theme of the show. Mm. When I meet Paul Winder, for example, I talk about how he's just He's so comfortable with who he is. He's like, this is what, whereas me, I'm Indian American, right? I was born and raised in the U.S., raised, you know, grew up in New York City. There was always this sort of code switching yeah. ambivalence growing up a little like, right. you know, who am I? I talk a little bit about the model minority, which yeah. a lot of, you know, South Asian Americans face feeling that need of like, okay, let's fit in. Let's, let's be good. Let's get our good grades. Let's. You know, let's make let's our parents proud, be a doctor, yeah, be the be a doctor. doctor. Yeah. Yes. Oh, you know, you know, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know. So it's like, yeah. that's the thing. And so I was definitely talking about that quite a bit. And and then it's like, how do you claim, as you said, it feels like such a new thing almost that we're talking about this now in 2023. I was like, no, you need to have the confidence to share yourself. Mm-hmm. That's what it came down to. Like I talk about how as a kid, I would never talk to my peers or classmates about, hey, I had this great chicken curry last night. Like, it's not the thing. Right, you know, I just right. was like, I want to fit in. I want to talk about mac and cheese. And this, you know, no, no shade. Mac and cheese is delicious. So yeah. let's <laughs> no talk about mac, and, mac and, cheese. and cheese. Yeah, no right. shade. We're not shading that. But, but the point is, I didn't want to talk about the chicken curry. I didn't want to talk yeah. about the chapatis. I didn't want to talk about the fish or curry. Or a fish curry, which, fish, which, oh, to, man. which to an American sensibility would, would, would smell and taste so different, so yes. exotic. Yes. To to a, a person who has chicken fingers and mac and cheese every day, they wouldn't understand a fish curry. And even the Indian homes smell different. Like you go into an Indian home, you you know it's like this because the spices have been cooking in that kitchen forever. For years, right? yes. It, it seeps into the walls, and right. it's like I almost was nervous about having friends over to my house. I was like, oh no, it's it smells different than yeah. you know my buddy Colin's house. So so yeah, it's it's that's a huge theme: assimilation versus versus owning yourself. And and I think here's the thing. I'm really, really concerned about us getting siloed. So mm. I want to make a distinction between mm. owning yourself and staying in your lane. Like mm. we need to actually share and connect more. It shouldn't be this going our separate ways. Like I'm going to be here. You're going to be here. No, we should be sharing in each other's and, and, and reveling in each other's culture, especially, mm. you know, since the pandemic, I feel like the you know the Surgeon General just announces an epidemic of loneliness. We need mm-hmm. connection. That's what these you do this, Kate, so beautifully mm-hmm. on your show. It's about food. It's about connection, and 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 we need more of that, not less. Mm-hmm. So that's the one you know sort of nuance I'd add to it. It's like we got to own ourselves, but we also what that really means is sharing of yourself, and then being willing to listen and imbibe what other people have to share. Yes, yes, you're absolutely right about connection. And people do connect through watching a show like that. You not only are you transporting people and showing them a new world, uh, and I'm speaking from a from a non-Indian perspective, right? Like yeah. someone who's watching your show, because I did see the trailer, which is phenomenal, like they're they're you're welcoming them into this new way of of thinking of food, a, a new culture, and then you're also allowing them to see a world that they've never seen before. And that is so powerful. You've touched on a couple of the themes of this particular season. What story have you not been able to tell that you want to tell? Oh, 
That's another great one. Um, going forward, it's it's really about deepening on this journey, right? Mm-hmm. We talked about like, assimilation versus owning yourself. We talked about the American dream. I think that conversation just needs to go further. You know, I hope we get a season two. Uh, yeah. I mean, I'm just thinking about ideas out loud with you right now, but something along the lines of it's going to be an election year coming up, mm-hmm. something along the lines of what does it mean for America going forward to have these immigrant communities still burgeoning in many cases. In sm- and the other thing about Spice Road, we, we're going to, we go to some small towns like Bakersfield, California is a smaller town. Roanoke, Virginia is, you know, it's not a major metropolis. It's a city, but it's not huge. So it's like talking even further about how we can support these immigrant communities, not necessarily to completely assimilate, but again, to share in their culture and to have them become an intimate part of our American community. That's mm-hmm. an, I think that's an important conversation that's ongoing. And, you know, frankly, part of this ha- is coming from the past few years where we've seen a lot of division and schisms, uh, xenophobia, mm-hmm. uh, those things that really aren't really what makes us great as human beings. <laughs> right. No, absolutely not. No, I, I mean, there's there's never been a greater need to tell stories of all different types of people across the country. And, you know, I I lived in Arkansas for a short period of my life as a local reporter. And I remember the Star of India restaurant that was packed every every meal, every lunch, every dinner. It was just really, really successful restaurant. And you didn't see many Indian neighbors. You didn't see many Indian people in Little Rock. And I always thought to myself, wouldn't it be fascinating to just follow the family who runs, you know, the Star of India in Little Rock, you know? And, that's and, it. That's you know, that's and, Spice Road. <laughs> you got it. You know, like that, that, that alone, you know, would be so fascinating to, to see how that owner overcame so much to create this amazing, welcoming, warm environment when you looked at the the folks sitting down, none of them were Indian, you know, like because there weren't That's that many it. Indian people. So he had to do a lot to win over, you know, an entire group of people who weren't used to the Indian palate. So how did he do that? You know, like that is really fascinating. That's exactly our episode two, which is in Roanoke, this guy and his wife who are, it's a lot of husband, wife, team and family. That's the other yes. thing. This ta- Roanoke, they have an Indian restaurant. It's like, how is an Indian restaurant thriving here? But it's, it's yes, they're of course Indian patrons, but a lot of Southerners who, yes. you know, you wouldn't expect. Right. White have, many have never, ever tried Indian food. Never tried obviously Indian. loved it. Growing you know? up. And I talked to some of them. And these are people in their 70s. Again, they would have never tried it. This might have been their first experience. And they loved it. And they came together mm-hmm. around these, these restaurant owners mm. in such a loving, supportive way. That's the message I'm hoping people mm. come away with. I want them to feel comforted. I want viewers to feel at home almost. So you, I, your experience in Little Rock is, is, exactly, is exactly what I'm trying to capture uh, in this show. That's awesome. That is awesome. So how do you think what you're doing with the show is enhancing or affecting your work as a writer and a producer? Like, because really they're two very different missions and jobs. Yes, they're on television, but they they couldn't be, you know, farther apart as far as as the work, don't you think? Kate, oh my gosh. (laughs) And seeing your show and now knowing, like having been through this first season and knowing that you were able to produce such quality on such a consistent basis. Thank you. And keep going. No, seriously, what you've, you 
could lead a business clinic is also, you know, <laughs> what you've done with getting getting sponsorships that are right on, not just random, but like great uh, sponsors and, and how you artfully weave that into your, your show. All of that, right, is I really need to talk to you offline and get more sure. advice for you is what Anytime. I'm saying. Because I, it was- It's hard. It was hard. It was yeah, hard. It's very like, hard. Being, yes. a pro- being a producer, like dreams do have come at a price. You have to do the work. And so it's, look, it's been rewarding in the sense that we did it. And I wasn't yeah. alone. Let me just say, our, our uh, producer, Vicky Lee, has been so, she's sort of a prodigy uh, producer, just incredible. Sammy, of course, my brother, like I have had help. Our, our editor- Who is your editor? Jaron Henry, I'm going to mess up his last name, but McRae, I think that's how he pronounces it. Jaron Henry McRae. The editing on that the editing trailer is, is, is really insane. amazing. It is. It is he insane. He is so good. They are superstars. Here's what I found. Like, you're a ship and you're a crew. And yeah, m- maybe the director and producer are like captains, but you really are only as good as the crew. And Absolutely. this crew is so good. Our sound guy, Mike Gassert. Every there was just this great like this is what I always wanted to be is this small but mighty crew which is what yeah. we are because then you can be nimble you can be quick and so I was lucky to work with these extremely talented people I love collaborating so I was, I was fortunate to find great collaborators but yeah the the challenge of logistics simple stuff small stuff like getting permits and, and insurance yeah. for all these locations to the bigger picture stuff and are you doing a lot of this are you doing yeah. all the permits and stuff. Yeah, I was for for the first episode, but then thankfully Vicky Vicky took okay. it over for, for me from for episodes two to four. But um, but yeah, per- permits and then you know marketing and publicity. Like we're, yeah. we're in this period now where we're trying to make sure okay, we've got this great show which we really believe in and and we feel like it's magical. But will anyone see it? So yeah. that's that's a whole another challenge. You know, you you went to Harvard, you went to Columbia, right? So you're extremely well educated. You've had an amazing career in acting, but this doing something like this really is multidisciplinary and you're firing on many different cylinders that I imagine in acting when you're a paid gun, when you're a talent that you don't employ. Am I correct? Oh yeah. No, hired gun. So easy. Hired gun. So easy. So easy. You just, you show, they, they call you, but here's the, the, so the challenge of being an actor, of course, is you have to be invited to do the thing and and the invitations are the toughest thing to get. Yeah. So, so this is, you have agency, you can, you can sort of Come up with the pitch. Come up with the the script. You know, come up with the idea. There, you you kind of hope that your agents and managers can get you the the great auditions or the opportunities, or the offers. So that's the challenge there. Yeah, yeah. Well, they're complementary because if you, I always feel like the more you know about yourself, the more deeply you've met yourself, the more yeah. deeply you can meet anyone in an interview, in a conversation, in a relationship. And I would imagine, I'm not an actor, but I would imagine also in an acting capability. Yes. The you, more you, you know yourself, yes. the more you can rise to the challenge of a great role. Yes. Self, self-knowledge is so key. And we're in this era. I mean, there's all these, this talk about authenticity. We're in the era of authenticity, but there, yes. it, it is true. I yeah. mean, people want to know who you, it's funny. I became an actor because I wanted to play other characters and speak the beautiful words of other writers. Mm-hmm. But here I am doing a show where I'm being extremely vulnerable and open about myself. I never, I did, in a way, it was a dream, but I didn't expect it to come true. <laughs> so, but, but it's so 2023. It's so what you and I do on these yeah. shows. It's, it's so of the moment. It is, it's effectively our stand-up special equivalent. Like we're not, yeah. you know, I don't know if you do stand-up comedy. I don't do stand-up comedy. I thought about it for a hot second, but it, it wasn't the art form that in which, via which I wanted to express myself. But I always admired, I love stand-up, and I always admired their ability to just share of themselves. Yes. The words are theirs. And so that's what 
this kind of show does. It's it's our words, our experience, our POV, our reactions to things. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting is we're at a time now where people are interested in that. You are writing your own story. When yeah. the, your previous career, you were playing the part of someone else's words, right? <laughs> so right. you, you really right. have come full circle. Yeah, I, I'm, I'm really excited. Tell people where they can find yeah. Spice Road and when they can start watching it. You can find it both on PBS's digital platform, PBS Digital Studios, but you can also find it very easily on PBS Food on YouTube. It starts June 22nd is episode one, then each subsequent episode will air every two weeks after that. And if you follow me on at Rupachin on Instagram, I'll certainly be posting about that. So if you want to, if you want to stay abreast of when new episodes drop, just uh, see me there. This was so fun. Thank you so much, Rupak. It's so nice to meet you. I wish you every success in the world with this show, a season two, and on and on. <laughs> Seriously, I would love to dine with you someday. Oh, that would be so great. Um, you Next are Next trip to Kate. LA. Yeah. Oh, yes, LA. please, please, please. Or I'll, I'll come out to Boston. But, but Kate, you are just such a gem of a person. Really appreciate you and excited to see more of your show. Thank you, Rupak. Have a great day, all right? All right, bye. Thanks for listening to To Dine For The Podcast. For more information on the show, the guests, and the podcast, head to todinefortv.com. You can find us on Instagram at todinefortv and Facebook at todinefor with Kate Sullivan. Thanks to the sponsors of To Dine For The Podcast, American National, Lovatsa, and Terlato Wine Group. Special thank you to producer and sound editor John Golner. To the loyal followers of this program, cheers, stay hungry, and stay inspired. I'll see you back at the table soon. 